Clayton Bird Goes Underground by Rita Williams Garcia. Chapter 8 The Four Corners of the World. That Monday morning, part of Clayton felt blue and wanted to stay at home under his blanket. The other part of Clayton was ready to return to school after having been away for seven whole days. Clayton stashed his silver harp beneath his pillow. He ate his breakfast, grabbed his book bag, and said, Bye, to his mother. Remember, his mother called after him, go straight to Omar's after school. Clayton didn't turn around. He and Omar slugged each other hello and boarded the school bus. Clayton decided he was no longer angry at his friend, and that seemed to be good enough for Omar. When they entered his classroom, his teacher, Mrs. Treadwell, said, Welcome back, Clayton. Her eyes were kind and bright, but not sorry. He had had enough of people giving him sorry eyes, or even worse, telling him they were sorry about his grandfather. He took his seat in the last row, glad to find everything where he'd left it, Luckily, his desk was next to the table where the lizard's cage sat. The lizard, who was never named, didn't venture out often from his rock den among the Egyptian clover, but when he did, it took every ounce of Clayton's strength to not watch the lizard dart between the clover. The class began the day as they always had, with glee starting the day by singing from the great American book of Glee was one of Clayton's favorite parts of the day, since their school didn't offer band or lessons on musical instruments. Miss Treadwell let Clayton accompany the class on his blues harp a few times, something he'd never told his mother. This morning, however, Clayton neither sang nor played along when the class sang, You Are My Sunshine. They sang so joyfully loud that Miss Katz from across the hall tapped on the door's window and motioned for less volume. Miss Treadwell smiled her apology to Miss Katz, and the class sang on, but softer, without Clayton. Clayton knew the words. He even liked the song. He simply refused to sing a song done wrong. The gleeful rendition had never bothered him before, but this morning it upset his ears. Sunshine wasn't a fast, loud, and gleeful song. No matter how fast it was sung, Sunshine wanted to be happy, but underneath felt blue. After recess, the class usually laid their heads on their desks while Ms. Treadwell read aloud in her storytelling voice. Instead, Ms. Treadwell announced, Today, we begin our new journey. The class celebrated with yays and yeses, but Clayton pounded his fist on his desk. Ms. Treadwell had finished reading The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner while he had been on leave. Ms. Treadwell pulled down the map of the world that had been rolled above the board. It wasn't the flat drawings of the seven continents and five oceans that caught Clayton's eye, but the 
construction paper model of a boat and a boy taped to the middle of the ocean that Clayton saw first. He knew the small boat and its lone crew member. He knew their story. Hey! Miss Treadwell held up the book that showed the same figures, a boy at sea on a small boat. Murmurs of excitement swept around the room. Normally, Ms. Treadwell would have told the class to quiet down, but not today. Without raising his hand, Clayton said, I read that book already. Ms. Treadwell replied, There's nothing wrong with reading it again. Can I read something else? No, Clayton, we all read together and do group projects. Now remember to raise your hand for permission to speak. The twinkle in her eye encouraged him to want to do better. Clayton raised his hand, but didn't wait to be called on. But I don't want to read it again. Miss Treadwell's eyes stopped smiling. Clayton, you know how this works. Raise your hand and wait to be called on. His classmates snickering tri trickled around him. Clayton put his head on his desk, his outburst ignored. Instead, Miss Treadwell talked about the book, the project, and the boy in the boat. She wrote words on the board, gaggle of geese, bee swarm, whale pod, wolf pack, and murder of crows. Everyone except Clayton seemed enthused about the journey. Baskets of the blue paperback books traveled from front row to back row until everyone had a copy of The Four Corners of the World on their desk. Ms. Treadwell said, open your books and your notebooks. If you come to a word you don't know, write it in your notebook. When you finish chapter one, put your book in the basket and your head down on your desk. Everyone ready? She asked the class, but she didn't expect a real answer. All eyes were eager, except for Clayton's. Read, she said, as if signaling the start of a relay. This was no relay. Why Clayton couldn't choose his own book, he didn't understand. He wasn't fond of group projects. Last year, for the Earthworm Project, he'd been stuck with some kids who didn't want to touch worms, and another kid who kept trying to force everyone to eat the worms. Group projects were dumb. They weren't like jamming with the bluesmen, knowing when to come in, how to play against and with other musicians. Now that was a group. Clayton looked over the lizard's cage and searched for the small reptile, but couldn't find him. Then he saw movement beneath the plant leaves, a quick movement followed by stillness. The lizard's skin coloring had blended into the white, violet, and green of the Egyptian clover. Now he could see the lizard's head and only one black bead of an eye, which meant the lizard could see him. He thought it was cool and creepy, the way a lizard's eyes could see on both sides of its head. <clears throat> Miss Treadwell's throat clearing was directed his way. 
Clayton got the message and opened the book on his desk. Pablo de Pablo's lot in life was simple and predestined. Most of Clayton's classmates were writing predestined in their notebooks. Clayton didn't touch his pen. He knew what it meant, and once more, he had the sound of his grandfather's voice creating meaning in his ear, predestined. His life would be the same as his father's, his father's father's, and without doubt, his father's father's father's. Clayton chuckled. He had no dreams to follow his own father's destiny. Who'd want to be a loan officer in a bank? But none of the fates written in the stars were of any concern to Pablo de Pablo. He heard the call of the sea once he laid eyes on its gleaming crests. Unlike his father, his father's father, and his father's father's father, Pablo de Pablo was destined to journey to the four corners of the world. Clayton continued on, the words familiar and soothing, rolling melodically around inside his mind as he read. And before he knew it, his eyes grew heavy and his neck wobbly. He turned the page and then put his head down on the cool surface of his desk. Before long, Clayton was sound asleep. He didn't know that his neighbor Alma was pointing at him or that he was snoring. Clayton had fallen into a hard sleep, so hard he didn't hear the clack clump of Ms. Treadwell's shoes hitting the floor heading his way. Clayton, she said both softly and sternly. The classroom filled with laughter. That was what woke Clayton up. The laughter of his classmates.